Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effect on the markets. The content that will be discussed is intended for information and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or investment recommendation. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you are prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now on to the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of the Digest and Invest podcast brought to you by eToro. I am Sam North, the trading school lead here based in London, or I should say Southwest London today, as I moved uh, house yesterday back to Teddington. Uh, joined, of course, by, by Josh Gilbert based out in rainy Sydney, he is telling me. Uh, but our very special guest today, uh, Sanya Pond, the CEO uh, of Utrust. Uh, Sanya, how are you? I'm great, thank you. Uh, great to be here. Awesome. And Josh, how are you as well? I'm okay, thank you, Sam. Yeah, keeping well, keeping busy, not enjoying uh, Sydney weather, but there we go, trying to keep up on top of these uh, Omicron cases and another variant, but there we go. Yeah, there's not, not too many people complain about Sydney weather, by the way. Just but, me. But here we are. Uh, Sanya, we were we were supposed to to meet obviously in in Web Summit in Portugal, but obviously you're incredibly busy. How was uh, how was Web Summit for you? Oh, it was amazing. I was really this was my fourth time at the Web Summit, um, so I was pretty amazed by you know the importance given to Web three at the Web Summit, uh, which for me you know compared to two years ago from the last in person event, uh, it's not even comparable. Right. Um, and also the quality of the speakers, uh, the number of women on stage it was truly remarkable. How was it for you? Yeah, yeah it was good fun. We, we obviously had um, a, a stand right by the women in investing uh, section where people could go sit and, uh, and network. So, yeah, it was great fun. Um, the weather was nice as well. And we, we got to, uh, to to meet some of our team that are based out in Israel, which was fantastic as well. So it was a good sort of just networking experience and incredibly inspirational out there. I couldn't believe it. Some of the people we spoke to were just, just some of the smartest minds. It was, uh, it was great. Yeah. Really good fun. Did you, um, did you manage to explore Lisbon? I'm, I'm obviously like you said, you're based in Portugal and, uh, you've been there before, but, uh, do you get out and about? Yeah. So I'm based between Italy and Portugal. Um, we are in the North of Portugal, Braga, which is 30 minutes from Porto. Um, I've been to Lisbon quite a few times, but it's always nice to be there. It's it's a great city. It's quite vibrant. Um, so yeah, there was a lot lot to do in the evenings as well. Uh, lots of events, both Web three related and tech related. Um, so yeah, I, I think that week was mostly about networking and and gathering and as you said, like talking to a lot of people. Um, very inspirational. I haven't had the chance to really explore. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we, we have time to do that yeah there's always next time and uh, i heard rumors that they're at some point going to get capacity up to 150,000. Uh, someone was telling me which would just be insane uh considering i think there was about 40 odd 40 50,000 this time so that's going to be uh yeah a lot busier um for for those that don't know sanya uh it'd be sort of great to get a, an overview on you trust and your sort of your vision and and, and your mission on, on all of that Oh yeah, for sure. So Utrust is a Web3 payment ecosystem. Uh, so when I say Web3, it means blockchain native. 
Um, so my background is traditional payments and, and e-commerce. Uh, prior to Utrust, I spent several years uh, working for large corporations, um, mostly in London, um, so near uh, near to you. Um, so I worked for Vodafone, eBay, and, and PayPal. And long story short, um, when I worked at PayPal, I quickly realized the inefficiency of traditional payments um, and started to research how we can improve it. Um, and got really interested into using blockchain as a layer uh, for more efficient payments. Um, so I wanted to use blockchain um, in my solution at PayPal, which was marketplace payments, um, but it was too early. Um, and therefore, in 2018, I decided to, um, to leave my corporate career, um, co-founded Utrust with the original founder, Nuno. So what we do is basically we enable anyone to pay with cryptocurrencies and we enable any merchant to accept cryptocurrency um, as a payment method. So they can either, you know, settle in fiat, so euros, GBP, etc. So what we do is basically we convert the crypto payment into a traditional form of payment. Um, so business as usual. Um, and, you know, the merchant doesn't need to uh, think about any volatility of cryptocurrency. They just continue to settle in their bank account. Um, however, they open up their business to a new asset class of customers who want to pay with crypto. Um, or for more, you know, evolved um, merchants and more and more, it's, uh, that's the case. They can settle in crypto as well um, as, as a form of payment. And it's a great proposition for merchants, really, because it, it allows them not only to decrease costs, to eliminate chargebacks, but to open up to a new market. And it's more than um, 300 million customers paying with crypto globally. Um, and you know that number uh, doubled only from like five months ago or something. <laughs> so uh, growing population of users who are passionate about paying with crypto. Sorry, you wanted to ask something. No, no, you're all good now. But I, th I think in terms of obviously what you were saying there, the adoption and obviously that growth that, that you've seen um, sort of th this year, I wanted just to just to jump in and ask, I was actually really interested to, to know in terms of your merchants, do you see merchants actually choosing to settle in fiat or are you seeing a, a, a bigger increase now uh, of merchants actually wanting to settle and, and actually hold crypto? Has that changed a lot recently? It's changing. I have to say for more traditional merchants, you know, the fiat settlement option is still the case, especially if we're talking about um, large customers. However, that's changing. Um, so a good chunk of merchants are getting interested. So at least for like part of their, like a small percentage of their uh, settlement part, they want to um, try and, and use cryptocurrencies mostly because um, they see it as a way to invest in crypto and get, get invested. Mm, mm -hmm. So that's more like for traditional merchants, while, you know, we serve a lot of <clears throat> blockchain and Web3 merchants as well. And for them, it's kind of like native already. Um, so for them, it's, it's the standard to, to settle in crypto. So I think it really depends like on the vertical and the industry as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's great that, you know, you can facilitate, um, you know, merchants to be able to to accept that, because ultimately, I think from from my perspective, we, we are on that sort of trajectory of, you know, crypto becoming very, very mainstream. As you say, we've sort of seen that, you know, more so than ever in 2021. But from your perspective, where do you see the, the future of crypto? Where, where do you see us heading with crypto? I think um, 
this year was really key for crypto, right? So it all started last year, but this year we saw an explosion of crypto usage for multiple reasons. So large institutions coming in the space, um, also companies like PayPal starting to um, enable crypto. So bringing more trusts, uh, trust, let's say to, uh, to the masses. Um, because crypto before that was only, in my opinion, for like a small uh, niche of customers. And now it's becoming more, more massively adopted. I think, you know, the key in the next few years will be to see how regulation plays out as well, because in the end, if we want, you know, crypto to be massively adopted, uh, we need more regulation. So we need a clear um, regulation per, per country and, and possibly, you know, with the opportunity to for that to be homogeneous across, you know, Europe and, and the US. Um, so people understand how to treat it. Companies can understand um, how to process crypto payments, what to do with that, um, you know, what they need to declare, what they don't need to declare. Because I think, you know, that's um, that's the key part now for, for payments at least. Um, and I think, you know, one thing that I'm really passionate about is bringing more women as well as investors. Um, into crypto and web3 and i think for women they are more risk adverse um, than men really generalizing so we need for we need to solve for like a better um, ux ui uh, more simplicity because um, today it's still i think really complicated for a person in web2 uh, not understanding not understanding dynamics of web3 to to really start buying crypto investing in crypto um, it's still a bit unclear um, for them. So we really need to invest in like better UX, UI, um, education and, and bringing more people in. Um, but I think the next few years will be amazing. It's just the start. Um, and we have, you know, NFTs, we have DeFi. There are so many things that are going to play um, a huge role. Um, and for you, Trust in particular, uh, we pre-announced this a few times, but we're working on um, really incorporating DeFi mechanisms into our platform. So for merchants, you know, when they start settling in crypto, they can earn interest on top of that as well. Uh, so instead of like paying fees, um, they can earn money. And it's, you know, changing completely the paradigm of um, a gate, what is a gateway representing for customers. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, and you know, you mentioned it there about obviously, you know, Web two point Web three point Metaverse. Maybe we need to just really focus on smashing the internet before we maybe move to the metaverse. Like you say, let's get everyone uh, in tune on on just uh, Web two point first before we move too fast. But um, but as you say, you know, we're we're seeing that you know pickup of merchants wanting to accept payments. But why do you think that? consumers will use crypto over traditional fiat currency moving forward and why do you think we're seeing that right now um i think you know in in my case for example once i really understood you know what money is and how the traditional financial system works i think it's then natural for people to use crypto i think you know however in countries like you know our countries in in europe or australia or the us um, we have our own currency. Um, we kind of like trust the government as well. We keep money in the bank. I'm talking about like mass population, right? So we don't really question like what is going on behind the scenes. Um, while in highly inflationary countries, 
that's why we see like a lot of people already using crypto to hedge their wealth because they don't trust the government. Um, the currency is highly inflationary and they already see an opportunity in crypto. Uh, so therefore, like there's a higher adoption there. Um, I think, you know, in in more developed countries, people are waking up right now. So there's a whole like movement and shift. Um, but once you really understand why is going on, like why would you trust the bank? Like why would you trust the government when you can trust yourself and, and technology, like to keep your money, um, to, to manage your own money, to have control, to spending like however you want. Um, and that's, I think, you know, the key shift that people need to need to make. Like why would I trust like a third entity to manage like money that, that I make for working every day. And then I need to depend like on a bank um, for like their working hours and whatever, like pay for withdrawals. Like, why would I ever do that? Um, so I think, you know, that's the key mind, sh mind um, shift that people are making now, as well as really, you know, reducing uh, payment costs when sending money anywhere. Um, so Let's take the example like of um, immigrants sending money from the US to whatever, Mexico, or like the main corridors for um, for that. Today, like on a $200 uh, payment, I would pay $20 just to send the payment. Why would I do that when I can do it like for a super short fraction of the cost with crypto? Um, so I think, you know, that's that's the main advantage is like freedom it's having control of your money um really cost efficient and and borderless for for customers for, for those that are are skeptical on on crypto and of course there's still a few people uh, that are what would you what would you say to them to almost like convince them you know this is you know the way forward and you know this isn't um you know a bad thing I think, you know, I would probably start small. So mm. start reading about it, get comfortable. Um, people need to understand more before doing the shift. I think it's a wrong entrance into Web3 just to say, oh, let me buy some Bitcoin. I don't understand anything, but I know it's like highly volatile and I can make some money. And I don't think that's the right way for people to get involved. Uh, I think first people should should learn more about, you know, how how is the current uh, financial system working let me read about like how is my bank managing my money what are they doing with my money in the bank and once they understand that uh, they can start you know reading more about what blockchain is what 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 is even like a cryptocurrency what is bitcoin uh, what is the mechanism behind it um, and that's i think a better a better way to to do that and then of course you know starting small um starting to to invest a bit there are so many projects now in in web3 so you cannot be on top of everything and and really understand what are you passionate about um are you passionate about nfts or DAOs or DeFi, or you just want to like put part of your money in bitcoin and ethereum um so i think is is really like a process of um starting to understand the traditional industry um, and then what blockchain is about and getting passionate about something in blockchain first yeah i mean i i um i mentioned at the beginning of the of the podcast i've just moved moved house i moved back to my parents but i just sold my place in, in clapham and uh, i'm in my dad's office and for those that are watching on youtube you can sort of see all these books and he's he's been in finance for, for years he's retired now 
But I remember coming back back home just to visit a couple of years ago and there was books on blockchain on everything. And he's, you know, nearly 60, well, he's over 60 years old now. It's never too late to learn or to get into it. And it's, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he absolutely loves it all now. And it's incredible. Um, you, you mentioned, and I was looking for your, your Twitter earlier, you're, you know, very passionate on sort of getting women into to business and technology. And uh, I know you're, you're sort of keen in investor yourself. Do you, do you see that really sort of picking up? I mean, we at eToro have started this, invest with her campaign really trying to get women into investing and it's it's had really good feedback are you seeing a, a, a good pickup in all of this um yes and no i think we are still um at the beginning uh so at the infancy um but i think we can we can do a lot and i think this is the best time as well for women and, and really anyone not necessarily women to to get involved um, first, because Web3 is growing at a pace that, you know, there's more demand for people than supply. So there are more jobs being created than, you know, capacity for talent to, to fulfill those jobs um, quickly. So it's a great opportunity for, um, for anyone to, you know, upskill themselves and, and learn and, and get involved. And as you say, like at, at any age. Um, and it doesn't need to, to be that you need to be super skilled and, you know, a blockchain developer to, to get involved. Um, so my background is not technical. I come from like traditional payments, traditional e-commerce, but I upskilled myself and I, I was passionate. So I think, you know, if you have the interest, if you have passion, it's a great moment. Um, and all the companies I know in this sector are hiring um, and we are not able to fulfill like all the hiring needs. Um, so I think, you know, how can we, um, how can all people like in, in this sector really provide skills, um, more education and tools for women and anyone to, to get more involved. Um, and we need to act fast. Like it's something that we need to do now, um, because it's not really happening. Uh, so I think there are a lot of projects and a lot of people, you know, talking about, yes, let's get women. But if you look at statistics, um, it's still um, still really low. And I think we need to create company cultures that are diverse. Um, for example, my co-founders, they they always pushed me and, you know, they always were very open and creative, including inclusive company cultures. I think we are kind of like 50 50. Um, and yeah, we need to do that for for every company. Uh, not hired by association. So, you know, when you are a company of white males, you tend to like hire by association, like similar people. And we need to understand the value of diversity, um, not only for like a great culture, but it really increases productivity because we have all different ideas, different backgrounds, and we are stronger when we work together. And um, Sandra, I just wanted to ask as well, we, we had a quick look, obviously, at Utrust beforehand, and we did see you were hiring. You mentioned that obviously the, the space is quite avidly, avidly hiring right now. Um, and for those, you know, that are keen um, to get into obviously the crypto space, which as we know is continuing to grow, you know, what would your advice be to them? Because we are seeing right now, obviously, there's there's huge uh, labor shortages globally. Um, we're seeing more than ever a lot of people choosing to just go it themselves. You know, maybe people have made a lot of money from crypto and deciding that, you know, they want to just not work anymore. But actually, maybe we should say, just go and work in the crypto space. Um, or maybe it's actually someone that just wants to get into crypto. What would your advice be, um, you know, to those people wanting to get into the space itself? Um. 
It's a great question because I think also the, the way to hire is changing completely in crypto, blockchain, uh, Web3, however we want to call it. Um, so we personally hired someone because they got really involved after an online event. They wanted to talk to us or people also like commenting on Twitter and following us and sending us messages of things we want to do and bringing ideas or people joining our community on Telegram and wanting to help and like create something else in another country. So these are the kind of people that we want. And that's why I'm saying like, it's the best time to do it because hiring is changing completely. Like it's not a company having a head headhunter and, you know, going to recruit in a traditional way. Yes, there is part of that, of course, um, it's always going to be, but there is much more attention to, you know, people spontaneously getting involved in companies, um, on our community channels, on, you know, on Twitter, on Discord, um, on Telegram. And, and we tend to reply to all of these people as well. So why not bringing someone in when they have a great idea and hiring these people directly? Um, so I think, you know, it's, it's the best time to do that. Uh, if you want to get involved, like don't be afraid of writing like someone on LinkedIn directly on Twitter and 95% of cases, they will reply to you because we like passionate people and it's, it's all about passion and energy um, and skills, at least in my opinion, it comes second, right? Because skills you can learn, but passion you need to have. Yeah, no, some great advice there. Absolutely. Um, be aware, you might get quite a few messages after this podcast, Sandra, from eToro sure. users. <laughs> um, so if your inbox is flooded with messages, then uh, it's not our fault. Okay, we just want to say that now. Um, but no, look, you know, if anybody is obviously keen to to get into to that space and definitely have a look at you trust. Um, and just from from that that sort of perspective you know just to give a, a bit more overview of of you trust as a business what would be the main difference between let's say you trust for business and then you trust for personal use yeah so first of all um we are wallet agnostic right so we do have our own personal wallet and the name is hold hold.io um but we do not lock people only to use our wallet so we allow anyone to pay with any wallet they have and we will always stay um, wallet agnostic. Um, we also have our own wallet um, hold, and that comes with um, an exchange, uh, banking services, gives utilities to our token. It comes with a Visa debit card as well. Um, so you can you know, take your crypto and spend in brick and mortar. Um, so that's for customers. Um, and then for business, we really have like two different solutions. So one is a payment gateway, um, and it's very similar to integrating Stripe or PayPal. So we basically integrate into the e-commerce store of the merchant, um, either th through a plugin like, you know, Magento, WooCommerce, et cetera, or direct APIs. Um, and then it really works as a standard um, gateway. So in the cloud process of the merchant, um, users can pay with crypto. Um, and then we have another solution, which is called invoicing which we are uh, rolling out to everyone right now. And that's more for, you know, merchants that don't have any commerce or that, you know, uh, usually generate invoices to send to their customers. 
they can do it today with um, with our solution as well. So in this way, we, we really capture like the whole market with, you know, e-commerce and the gateway with invoicing and then on the personal side with um, with a Visa debit card that you can use in store as well. We mentioned earlier just about sort of uh, your your history. So what, what brought you to, to where you are uh, today? You worked at PayPal, eBay and, and Vodafone. What, what do you feel sort of you learned there that, sort of enabled you to to go to Utrust, create that and, and, you know, really bring that forward? Yeah, I think, you know, you only understand things when you look backwards and you connect the dots. And so now, you know, if I look back, I really realize, oh, it may, my path makes total sense. <laughs> because um, when I graduated from university many years ago, um, I didn't really know like even that I could become an entrepreneur because standard education was teaching us something else. So I could, I thought that I could either be like an investment banker, um, going consulting or join a large tech corporation. And that's what I did with, with Vodafone and then eBay and PayPal. Um, but I, I don't think I would ever, you know, change anything in my past because what those um, 10 years in, in tech teach me and in large corporation was really like to have the right mindset, um, to be able to, you know, lead a team, to create processes, to have some structure. And that really helped me, you know, when I went into um, a startup to bring more structure and, and to bring a more concrete plan about the future and be able to create a great team. Um, and also, I think it made, made total sense for me to see like how the traditional world works, like not only in payments, but in terms of like e-commerce, how does a marketplace work and technology so that today when I'm speaking to traditional retailers and merchants, um, I can really understand their needs and their point of view. Um, and that really creates like more bond and more, more empathy. So I think also like as you trust, we are more um, reputable um, because of the experience that not only me, but other people bring in the company. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, make, makes total sense. Now I see it. <laughs> yeah, it's always easy to look back in hindsight, isn't it? <laughs> to, to work it out. Um, okay, we've got, uh, we got three quick fire questions. Um, although I guess with these questions, you could always give a, a massive long answer. <laughs> it's just one of those things. Um, as, a, as a CEO and, um, you know, it's an important role to, to have of, of any company, of course. But what, what qualities do you think as a CEO are important to have? Hmm, nice question. So probably I think, and there was a study done recently about that, saying that for CEOs, um, the first you know quality that makes like a successful CEO or any C level is really like emotional intelligence. Yeah. Um, and what I mean with that is really the capacity to one like remove your ego out of the equation. Um, and really understand that your role is to like serve something bigger than yourself. So it's not about you. Um, it's always about how are you going to lead the team, the company, and what can you bring that, you know, is not selfish, is not ego driven. Um, so I think, you know, my everyday start starts with how can I serve better the company? Like what can I do today that can improve someone's job and, and day and, and motivate others. So for sure, um, emotional intelligence. 
Um, and that really, you know, allows us not, not to go into fights and have quality conversations. Um, I'm really into self-development, so I'm, I'm kind of like very deep into this. Um, and I think also being able to create a culture that um, values for making mistakes um, and for people to be vulnerable and being able to share um, their learnings and whenever they have an issue, they can they can talk about it. So be able to create a culture where we come together, we help each other. It's competitive, but in a healthy way um, and, and people, people collaborate. Um, and also like someone that is able to understand others, understand other point of views um, that gives freedom to people. Um, so accountability and freedom, like someone that is not, of course, like going into micromanaging their team, but is really there to help them and support them and give them accountability of their own departments and roles. I think you must have a uh, a pretty pretty happy workforce, Sandra. You might, you might <laughs> agree with that, but uh, I think I think you must have a pretty happy workforce in in Italy and in Portugal there. Um, so, given that, that, given those qualities, what does a normal day look like for you then as the CEO? Oh my God! I think like no day, <laughs> no day is the same. It's so like, it's <laughs> <day>. <laughs> I think you know. Every, the first thing is like every day is different and i think yeah probably one trade that i forgot to say earlier and that it's related to this is like the capacity to wear multiple hats because people think that like a ceo job is very glamorous and you're always like high level and going into events and speaking with people and and promoting the company and yes you know there is like part of that as well but it's not about that like i think um a CEO, especially in a startup and in a growing startup, it's about solving problems. It's about, you know, being there for people um, and, you know, reacting reacting to problems quickly and being able to unite, unite your team. So probably like 85% of my time is spent with my team um, on multiple projects, um, but it's really like about how can I create more unity and, and support people to work with each other and achieve better results and faster. Um, and of course, there is the part about representing the company, speaking into events, going into podcasts as well. Uh, and that's what people see in, on the surface, but that's that's not my job. Like that's a small part of my job. The rest is about really solving problems, um, enabling others and, and supporting the company. And no private jets, no. <laughs> <laughs> not, not yet. Not yet, not yet. Maybe in, maybe in four years when we go to the next web summit, we, will, we might meet on a private jet, who knows? Maybe. Yeah, so the last question, this is the last one, and we just sort of want to wrap it up as a whole. Um, and it's probably quite a relevant one. You know, how important is community in the crypto world? You mentioned it a lot, you know, with jobs and everything else. How important is that? I think I've never seen a sector like this where community is this important. And I heard, I think it was Diogo Monica, like talking in, a, in an event and describing like Web3. So the old, like web um, point zero, point two, it was about um, read and then read and write. And web three is about own, like read, write, own. Um, so for the first time, like anyone can 
own part of the company. Like they can buy the token, um, they can vote on you know decisions being made in a company just because they they own the token. And I think that's like a fundamental shift that we're seeing now in in society, in business, and and in Web three. So there's never been anything like this before. And um, a lot of DAOs as well. There's a lot of like confusion on DAOs. I don't think we are there yet in like um, creating like a killer DAO um, model, let's say. Um, but where we are heading uh, with the concept of DAOs, like you can really understand the concept of importance of community. Um, because for the first time, you know, we are giving the power to people and community to run companies and have their voice heard. Um, and also, of course, for us, it's about uh, we have our own token um, and a lot of investors, like a lot of people that invested in the company. We communicate with them um, daily. Um, they they can input on decisions for the company. Um, some of them um, are starting to work with the company, collaborate with the company. They want to create their own Telegram channels in other countries to promote our mission and vision. So I think you know there's never been a time like this where community has such level of importance, so that you know everyone can own a piece of the company and really have a say in everything the company does. Fantastic, yeah. I mean, community is this essential back to, in the crypto world. It's, it's, it's massive, absolutely. Uh, Sanja, it's been an absolute pleasure to, to have you on. Uh, Josh and I massively appreciate it. And yeah, private jets in Lisbon in a few years time sounds good, <laughs> but until then, it's, it's, it's Let's do it. <laughs> great to do, it, uh, to do this. And, and for everyone listening at home, of course, you can head to the eToro Academy to, to find out more podcast guides, webinars, videos, all available. But, uh, but Sanja, thank you very much. Thank you. Awesome. Josh, thank you. thank you very much for joining as well. Thank you, Sam. See you all next week. Awesome. Thank you very much, guys. Have a good day. You've been listening to Digest and Invest from eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com. <laughs>